It's good to be in God's house. Amen. Amen. Our pastor or Pastor Pam is on her way to Israel and uh, Pastor Pam. Amen. And uh, if you know Pastor Pam, she's never been there, right? It has to be so exciting for her. I know she's extremely excited. Uh, you know, not only to be able to go and minister with Pastor Sharon Doherty from Victory Christian Center in Tulsa, but just the opportunity to go to Israel and, and you know, and, and if anyone has memorized the Bible, it has to be Pastor Pam, and so I, I know she's excited, so I'm really happy for her. And uh, it's an honor to have an opportunity to share tonight, and um, uh, I've shared this before, but, you know, it's from this pulpit and uh, our pastor's words through this pulpit that really uh, changed our lives. And uh, we first heard the message, really, of God's love and, uh, and his favor and uh, first heard the message of faith. And um, I can remember the first time I really read the Bible. Uh, I was in college, a freshman in college. I'd grown up in church but had never heard messages from the Bible and uh, had, had, crazy as it sounds, but, and I had never read the Bible uh, until I got to college. And then I started reading about Jesus and, and reading about faith. But, uh, but then I had never heard a message on faith until four years later when I came to Victory Christian Center. And my first Sunday morning here and Pastor Bill uh, preached a message on faith. And I just remember I was so excited because it was just the Bible. Amen. And, uh, uh, and it came alive like we had never heard before. And so uh, really consider it an honor to have an opportunity to share tonight. And I believe God has a word for us tonight. And uh, I'm Dan Peter. This is my wife, Kelly. <laughs> it's my wife, Kelly. Brad is not my wife and you never will be. Thank you. <laughs> but um, and uh, we're the student ministry pastors. And uh, I just got to tell you that we don't usually get the microphone to preach over there. Well, we do a lot of different things, and so uh, we have some time. <laughs> All right. So, amen. But uh, I trust the word has a, or the Lord has a word for us tonight. Amen. And uh, so let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And uh, again, Father, our hearts and minds, they're open to receive from you tonight. And uh, Lord, I yield myself to you tonight. I ask that you would speak through me in a powerful way, Lord. I thank you that it's your word that renews our mind. It brings us life and healing and hope. There's no one like you. We thank you for an awesome night. And uh, we just we're open and receptive for everything you have for us tonight in Jesus name. Everybody said, amen. amen. Well, I am wearing all black because I've been eating everything I can find. So, um, <laughs> someone said, you don't look that fat. And I said, I'm wearing all black. That's why. So, but, uh, anyway, that's my funny story. That's all I got. We're going to talk tonight just for a few minutes about God's business, about being about the Father's business. And uh, I believe that the Father's business is love. Amen? His business is love. <clears throat> and in the book of uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 49, I have no idea whether to take my glasses on or off, but they're coming off. There we go. Now I can't see you, but I can see the Bible. So that's really what we want, right? So uh, in Luke uh, chapter 2... 
uh, Jesus, is, uh, Jesus was 12 years old at the time, and uh, his parents had left, and, and uh, they assumed that he was with uh, the company of people, that somebody else uh, uh, had grabbed him along the way. And, and, but then they, they got a, a day away, and they realized that Jesus wasn't with them. And, uh, and so then they went back, uh, and, and verse 45 says, When they did not find Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Uh, so it was after three days that they found him in the temple. He had been missing four days. That is something, right? Uh, and, and after four days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And everyone who heard Jesus was astonished at his understanding and his answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? See, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And Jesus said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, be about his business. Amen. You and I are to be about the father's business. Well, what is his business? Um, I believe uh, that his business is love. Amen. That uh, Jesus did not come to the earth to, uh, to set up a religion or to establish a set of rules uh, that we have to live by. He was the manifestation of God's love. Amen. He was the manifestation of God's love on the earth. And, uh, you know, if Jesus was standing here tonight... And um, we know he's here, but he's not standing here. And if he was standing here, we could ask him and we could say, Jesus, why did you come to the earth? You know, why did why were you willing to uh, to lay down your dignity and uh, to give up, uh, you know, the position really that you were given in heaven? Why did you do that? Why did you lay down your king's crown and uh, willing to endure such hostility from people on the earth? And uh, the answer is found in a, in a scripture that we all know. Uh, it's, it's John 3.16. says, God so loved the world. Everybody say loved. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, might be rescued, might be healed, might be delivered. Amen. That's why he came, right? And uh, so much of the world thinks that what the church is about is religion, and it's about rules and about what you can't do and about what you've done wrong. But that's not the message of the good news, amen? The message of the gospel is love. It's all good news, amen? Judgment has been satisfied, right? The wages of sin is death. You and I, for our sin, we deserve death. The way, you know, um, <clears throat> we're excited for our 16-year-old uh, Luke. He just got a job at uh, Purdue Golf this summer, and uh, what a cool job. I had some cruddy jobs when I was his age, but, but uh, he's got a really cool job, and, you know, he washes golf carts and cleans them, and, and uh, dr he's the guy that's driving up and down the driving range that you hit balls at. He's picking up those balls, and uh, he said he got hit twice, not like they've got this metal cage on them, you know, but he said, man, the whole thing rattled, so um, where was I going with that? What? Thank you, Lord. What? The wages. So his wage, 
His wage is minimum wage, right? So not much, but he's excited to work. And so as he puts in hours, he gets paid a wage. Well, when we sin, we deserve a wage. And the wage is death. The wages of sin is death. Everybody say, thank God. Our wage has been paid. Amen. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that a price has been paid for you. It's been paid for me. It's already taken care of. The price has been paid. Jesus paid the price for our sin. Amen. Judgment has been satisfied. The wages have been paid, so we don't have to pay them. Amen. We believe in his name, and the sin is removed out of our life. It's all gone. The sin that you committed today, it's gone when we believed in Jesus' name. Amen. The sin you committed yesterday, that habit that you've been struggling with and dealing with, that sin that's been prevalent in your life, when you believe in Jesus' name, that sin is gone. Amen. Amen. It's gone. There's no condemnation in Jesus. That's not why he came, right? He didn't come to set up religion. He didn't come to give us rules and you can't do that and you can't do this. He came to give us life. He came to give us freedom. He came to pay the price for our sin. Amen. That is the good news of the gospel. That's what the world needs to hear. Amen. God so loved the world that he sent his son didn't come to condemn. He came that we might be sozo. The, the Greek is sozo, and the definition is delivered, healed, set free of anything and everything the enemy would try to bring against us and hold us back from being all God's called, him, called us to be. Amen? God's business is the business of love. Amen? Romans chapter 5, verse 8. I have a lot of scripture for us tonight. I hope that's okay. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. God demonstrated his love for us <laughs> by sending Jesus. Amen. Romans 8, 38 and 39. I am persuaded Listen to all the things that can't separate us from God's love. To be honest with you, as I was praying about what to share tonight, I've shared on love several times, and we share about love a lot at Victor Christian Center. We talk a lot about God's love. Amen? And uh, maybe I was looking for something deeper. Everybody say, there's nothing deeper. There's nothing deeper than love. It's it. It's all about love. Amen. Everything that we're doing on this earth, it's got to be all about love. Amen. That is his plan. That's his purpose for you and me. That's why Jesus was manifested. That's what this whole thing is all about. His love. Amen. It's all about his love. Look at um, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 19. Ephesians 3, verses 14 and 19, because I think if we went across the room tonight and we, and we said, who here wants to be filled with all the fullness of God, right? And we could lay out a series of things that we need to do maybe to be filled with all of his fullness. But I believe it's much simpler than that. Ephesians chapter 3, if you have that, you can throw it up. There it is. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. 
that that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted, everybody say rooted, and grounded, everybody say grounded, rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen? You and I are filled with all the fullness of God, the creator of the universe. We get filled with his fullness as we get a revelation of his love. Amen? Not a revelation of religion, not a revelation of rules and regulations, right? We get filled with his fullness when we get a revelation of his love. Amen? Did I already read what can't separate us from his love? No, I did not. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. I was saying I was looking for something maybe more exciting, maybe something different. But I just felt God's word for us tonight is that we're to be about the Father's business, and his business is love. Amen? And uh, hopefully tonight that we're not just presenting information, but revelation. Amen? Amen. Romans 8, 38 and 39. The Apostle Paul said, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, not things present, not things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When you and I confess Jesus as Lord. There is nothing that can separate us from God's love. The devil is going to continue to try to convince you and convince me. Right? Every day, he is continually accusing us. It's what he does. He is the accuser. Uh, Revelation chapter... Twelve, maybe. There it is. Twelve, ten. Now I heard a loud voice in heaven uh, saying, uh, Salvation, strength, the kingdom of our God, the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, he has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Uh, uh, Satan is the accuser. He's the one who's always coming against you and against me, telling us that we don't measure up. Constantly trying to put a picture in our mind of an angry God who's continually unsatisfied, dissatisfied. His arms are crossed. And when he's thinking about you, he's remembering the mistakes that you made and the reasons that you don't measure up. That's not God. Amen. That's the uh, thoughts of the accuser. Amen. When you and I believe in Jesus, there's nothing that can separate us from God's love. And with his love comes favor, comes, comes this unlimited supply of grace and mercy and goodness. Amen? That's the good news. That's what the world needs to hear. Because if the world could hear this message, the, the, we, we wouldn't want to stay in all the, all the garbage of the world. Amen? Because God's too good. People don't want religion. They don't want rules. That doesn't bring life, right? Amen? People want life. And life is found in the good news. 
And the good news is that Jesus did not come to condemn. He came to bring life. Amen. Hallelujah. And nothing can separate us from God's love when we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. With a heart full of faith, thanking him for his grace, thanking him for his love. Nothing will separate us from his love in Jesus. All of our sin is erased. Our debts have been paid. The wages of sin is death. Jesus paid the wage in full. God is not continually unsatisfied. He's not in heaven with his arms crossed. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at me. He takes pleasure in our prosperity. He is caring. He is benevolent. He is gracious. He's the definition of love. And Jesus is the manifestation of his love on the earth. Amen. And that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus. And that's why this place is called Victory Christian Center. Amen. This is the message the world needs to hear. John 1, 17, the law was given through Moses, right? The first five books, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Grace, unlimited grace, unmerited favor and truth. What is the truth? That Jesus came to give us life, amen, as a manifestation of God's love on the earth, amen, <clears throat> Let's look at, uh, you don't have to put the, this uh, up on the board, but uh, Matthew 15, I'm sorry, Luke 15, 11, the uh, <clears throat> story of this foolish young man and how Jesus showed us how he deals with foolish young people. <laughs> 15, 11 says, then, then he said, then Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. I don't even know how you would do that. Because his livelihood would have been his business, his ongoing source of income. Somehow he divided it all and, and gave half to the one son. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal or wild or rebellious living. But when he had spent everything, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he... Uh, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And the young man would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise. I'll go to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Was that an accurate statement? No. That was what he thought about himself. But the response of his father shows us that that's not how his father looked at him. He said, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You know, once we have faith in Jesus, it's a blood relationship. Amen. It's a father-son, a father-daughter relationship, right? Amen. And, and, and we're worthy to be called sons and daughters. Because of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Now the accuser comes along. He said, ah, you messed up again. You messed up again. You'll never get it right. Jesus took care of everything. Amen. It's taken care of. The accuser has been cast out. Now all he can do is just continually try to accuse us. Right. 
But thank God, it's all been satisfied in Jesus. And so we look on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Take our eyes off of our faults. Take our eyes off of our shortcomings and be about the Father's business, right? It's very difficult to be about the Father's business if we're continually inward, this continual inward perspective, looking in the mirror, uh, dissatisfied with ourselves, right? It's hard to be about the Father's business and, and manifesting His love at work, in our families, in the community, if we're constantly feeling condemned. That's the accuser's job. He knows that. If he can condemn you and make you feel bad about yourself, then you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to feel like you're worthy to manifest God's love on the job, in your home, in the community. Amen. But if we'll keep our eyes on Jesus and continually keep our eyes on Jesus and meditate the words of Jesus and meditate how he dealt with sin, we'll find ourselves moving further and further away from sin. Amen. And we'll find ourselves falling down less, less, however, that's bad grammar. You understand what I'm saying. Amen. So this, this young man said, I'll arise, I'll go to my father. He'll, I'll say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and uh, before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Nope, that's an inaccurate statement. Make me like one of your father's servants. So he arose and he came to his father. But listen to this. When he was still a great way off, his father saw him. His father had compassion and he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. Jesus is telling us this story to give us a picture of how he deals with sin. Amen? Of how he deals with people who have done boneheaded, stupid things. Right? And, and who are disappointed in themselves. He says, my arms are open. I am looking for you. Come running to me again. Amen? Say, but I want to be, be perfect. We all want to be perfect. Amen? But it's not up to you and I. To work it out to be perfect. Amen. We keep our eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Meditating on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on him. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. He'll, he's the one that will grow us. And as we continue to focus on him, we'll get further and further away from disappointments. Amen. <clears throat> says his, when he was still a great way, in order for his father to see him, when he was a great way off, he would have had to been looking for him. Amen. When he was a great way off, his father saw him. He had compassion on him, and he ran. He fell on his neck, and he kissed him. That doesn't sound like a son who was not worthy. Amen. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. His father shows zero condemnation. The father said to his servants, he doesn't, the father doesn't even correct him, doesn't even tell him all the dumb things that he did, Right? Who told him all the dumb things that he did? The accuser has already told him. He already knows. Amen. The father said to the servants, bring out the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Put sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here. Kill it. Let's eat. Let's be merry. This my son was dead. Now he's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. And they all began to be merry. But then the folks at church... The older son, no, I'm just kidding, not this church. The older son was in the field, right? And he came and he drew near to the house and he heard music and dancing. You hear what they did at that wedding over there? They were dancing. Yes, they were excited. 
Amen? Sorry, I don't even know if that's spiritual, but I'm just having some fun. Okay, (laughs) verse 26. So he called one of the servants and he asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But the other son was angry. He was religious. He was judgmental. He was critical of others. He would not go in. I added all those words there. Therefore, his father came out and he pleaded with his father. So he answered and he said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time. You never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. Pride and jealousy right there. As soon as this son of yours came in who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed a fatted calf for him. And the father said to his son, Son, you're always with me. Everything that I have is yours. It was the right thing to do that we should make merry and be glad. Because your brother was dead. He's alive again. He was lost. But now he's found. Amen? That's the good news of the gospel. Amen? And this is the message that will save the world. Amen? Oh, this is perfect. I had no idea I had enough to share this long. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 7, verses 1 through 3. I don't think I had that on my notes originally uh, back there, but uh, Matthew 7, 1 through 3 says, Judge not that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged yourself. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. We don't want to be part of that bunch. Amen. Here's some different versions of that same scripture. It says, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard that you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Do not judge and do not criticize and do not condemn other people so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemn yourself yourselves for just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and condemned. And in accordance with the measure that you use to deal out to others, it will be dealt out to you. Wow. Do not judge others so that God will not judge you. For God will judge you in the same way as you judge others. And he will apply to you the same rules that you apply to others. Why then? Nope, that's it. Hallelujah. Everybody say, don't judge. Amen. The same standard that we apply to others, that's the standard that will be applied to us. So we ought to be known as people that walk in grace and forgiveness and kindness and love and mercy in every arena of our life. Amen. Jesus is the one. He's the one that provided an example for us on how to deal with ugly situations. He's the one who provided an example to us on how to deal with people who do wrong. He's the one who provided an example to us on how to deal with ourselves when we fall down. Right? He gave us the example on how to deal with it and how to get victory over it, on how to respond to people with an unlimited supply of grace. And with kindness. Amen. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Amen. 
And 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. He who does not love does not know God, because God is love. You know, it's one thing to know about somebody, but it's a whole other thing to know somebody personally. And uh, I, I know so much about Drew Brees, I feel like I know him. <laughs> right? When he was a freshman at Purdue, man, we started going to games. We went to every game. We drove to Florida, so watched him play down there. We traveled. We went around the Big Ten, Ohio State, and Michigan. We saw all of his games. I got all of his records memorized, right? <clears throat> We're crazy about that kid, right? And then he went, you know, he's in the NFL. He's had a great career, and we watch all of his games, and, and uh, we're, we're big fans, right? We know a lot about him. I read his book, read articles, follow him on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, right? I got pictures in my house, uh, me and him standing here. We were together for like 10 seconds, right? That's it. I know a lot about him, but uh, we were at this dinner over at uh, the Purdue Memorial Union, and uh, we walked past each other in the hallway, and I saw him, my face lit up because I felt like I knew him, and he doesn't know me, right? I was like, hey, how you doing? Good to see you, right? It's like, creeper, move on, right? So we can know a lot about somebody, but it's a whole other thing to know somebody. Well, that this scripture is so amazing to me because it says... Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. He who does not love does not know God, because God is love. People may know a lot about God. They may have heard a lot of stories about him or learned a lot about him or have a lot of information about him or been involved in religious activities that talk about him, but do they really know him? Amen? Those who know him... Walk in love because he is love. Amen. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 16, excuse me, 16 verses 13 and 14 says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. And John 13, 34, you know, the Pharisees and the religious people. They continued to pressure Jesus on which commandment was most important and, and, and which commandments did they needed to be following. And, and, and they were so focused on the law. And, and so Jesus comes along. He turns everything upside down. He's the manifestation of God's love. And he comes on the scene and he says, I have a new commandment. I have a new commandment, a brand new commandment. John thirteen thirty four. a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. Amen. And then John 15, John 15, 12, I think it is. He said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 3, he said, Even if I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. So he's saying, I've got these religious, service-oriented activities. I'm really good at modifying my behavior so I look spiritual, right? He's saying, I've given all my goods to feed the poor. I've given my body to be burned. If I don't have love, 
all those religious things, they profit me nothing. Amen. 1 John chapter 3, verses 21 through 23 says, This is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. And Matthew twenty-two forty, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor and yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The whole thing. On these two commandments. Amen. It all hangs on these two. And then Romans 13, 8 through 10. Owe no one anything except to love one another. That's a great scripture. If you're believing to be debt-free, this is a great scripture to thank God for. It's a promise he's given us, right? Owe no one anything except to love one another. Father, I thank you. All my debts are paid. I don't owe anybody anything except to love people. Amen? Owe no one anything except to love one another. He who loves has fulfilled the law. It's all done. Fulfilled it. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. If there is any other commandment, they're all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And then Galatians 5.14. told you I was going to give you a lot of scripture. Galatians 5.14 says, All the law is fulfilled in one word. All the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. When, when you walk in the room, love walks in the room. Amen. Patience with other people walks in the room. Kindness walks in. Forgiveness walks in. Graciousness walks in. A hospitable host walks in the room when you walk in. In every area of our lives, you and I should be known as people of love. You know, each of us have been given specific gifts, talents, abilities. A lot of people are known for their gifts, talents, and abilities. We should be known as people of love. Amen? Using our gifts and talents and abilities to manifest His love. Amen. Amen. Okay. Love and action. And we'll wrap it up with this. <clears throat> Love and action. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to go ahead and read these uh, eight verses. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if I don't have love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but if I have, have not love, I'm nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, if I don't have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Amen. Love suffers long. Love is patient. Love is kind. Everybody say kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. We had to talk to our little team last night. I coach a 9- and 10-year-old baseball team. And, um, 
and we've been winning all of our games. And so last night, uh, it, it was 16-0 to zero in the third inning, and so it would technically be over, but the other coach was like, hey, let's just keep playing, right? Let, let's forget about the score and keep playing. So we kept playing, and so by the very end, it was a lot to not very much. So um, we had to talk to the little guys about not parading yourself, not being puffed up, because little nine-year-olds that haven't had a whole lot of success in athletics, I mean, they're having a rip-roaring good time. And the other team... Their heads are down and their shoulders are drooping, right? Well, at that point, it's time to stop thinking about yourself and it's time to start thinking about the other team. Amen? And so uh, we talked about that. And then I went home and looked in the mirror and said, I'm a good coach. Love is not puffed up. And love does not parade itself. Amen? Love does not behave rudely does not seek its own, <laughs> right? Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked, Marie, when you're tired and the kids are noisy. Love is not provoked, sorry. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. It rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never fails. Everybody say, love never fails. Amen. Just real quick here, I want to give us uh, four keys to walking in love. Four keys to walking in love. Number one, the first key would be to receive God's love for us. Because we can't give what we haven't received. Amen. And so we can't be walking around condemned without a revelation of God's love. Amen. That's really the only way for us to manifest His love is to have this revelation of his love for us and his goodness toward us to know just how rotten we have been in the past to know just how rotten we were last week, however long ago, right? And to have this revelation of God's unlimited supply of grace and goodness and kindness and favor in our life. And when we get this revelation, it's so easy for us to want to share that with other people. Amen. But if we're walking around condemned, we're not going to be in a place in life to share it with other people. Number two, refuse to be a victim. Refuse to be a victim. You know, if if we go through life feeling sorry for ourselves, um, constantly holding others to a standard that if they don't achieve this standard, if they don't act just a certain way towards us, or if a server doesn't serve us just right, then we're offended right? Or if they treat us wrong, or we perceive that they treat us wrong because of differences, right? We'll constantly find ourselves holding people up to standards. And if they don't measure up to those standards, then we get offended. And then all of a sudden we're not manifesting God's love. Amen. So we don't hold people We don't hold people up to this standard that you have to do this or have to treat me in a certain way in order for me to love you. Amen. I have a, a really good friend of mine, one of my roommates in college. Um, his name's Jr., and um, he's an awesome man of God. He's so full of God's love. He's just—he's an incredible person. And um, a couple of years ago, he had called me and left me a voicemail. And uh, got busy, and uh, I kept thinking, "Oh, I need to need to call him, right?" And then I forgot to call him, and. And then so about three days later, I, uh, a call was coming in, okay? I looked down, and it was him. And so I answered, and I said, Jr., I am so sorry. I owe you a phone call. 
And he said, Dan, you don't owe me anything. He said, you'll never owe me anything. It was an awesome, just a quick statement, an awesome demonstration of the manifestation of God's love. Amen? Not holding people up to this thing that if you don't do this for me, then I'm not going to treat you right. Amen? We're to be about the Father's business, and the Father's business on this earth is the manifestation of His love. Amen? Regardless of how others treat us, regardless of how they look at us, regardless how they mistreat us, regardless what they do to us, regardless of how if it's unfair or fair, we just manifest God's love. Amen? And we release people. Everybody say release. We release people. Release our spouses. Amen? Release people. Every area of our life. And uh, this is a great way to live. Amen? This is a great way to live. Right? It's free. It's a free way. Free way. Yeah. Great way to live. Amen. Well, that was the third one. So the four keys, okay? Receive God's love for you. Number two, refuse to be a victim. And then that phone call led right into this next one. Release people. Amen. Don't hold people captive to your expectations. Build people up. Encourage people. Don't go through life expecting people to owe you something. Release people, amen, and just love people. This is the message the world needs to hear. And the the fourth key is to focus on Jesus, amen. Everybody say focus. Focus on Jesus. And um, I believe we can focus on him by meditating on him and reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, reading how he dealt with situations, He only got frustrated with one group of people, and it was the self-righteous religious people, those who were critical and condemning and judgmental of others. That's the only group that he got frustrated with. Everybody else, patient, caring, loving, this unlimited supply of grace. Amen? Hebrews 12 says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. If we'll take our eyes off of our shortcomings, off of our mistakes, off uh, and 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 stop being disappointed in ourselves and focus on him and the sufficiency of who he is and focus on what he has done for us take our eyes off of ourselves amen then we're going to find ourselves with a right attitude uh, a heart full of love um everywhere we go manifesting his love amen amen let's all bow our heads tonight we're so glad that uh Every one of you is here tonight, and uh, we have people all over the building. Um, I'm excited because right now I know they're ministering to the young people in the student ministry. And so all across the room tonight, if uh, you're here and and maybe you'd say, um, Dan, my life is not right. Maybe you're here and maybe you've allowed some things into your life that you know are not God's best for you. Well, tonight would be a great night to uh, allow God to lift the burden of sin off of your life. It's, it's too heavy of a burden to carry. 
And uh, we don't want to have to pay that wage. Thank God Jesus paid it for us. And so you and I, by faith in him, putting our trust in him, having a heart of faith towards him in his name, that wage is paid and the burden of sin is lifted off of our life. So all across the room tonight, if that's you here tonight, could you just lift your hand up in the air and we're going to pray together and we'll just ask the Lord to lift the burden of that sin. If you're here and any, anything in, in your life that um, you would recognize that's not God's best for you, we'll just thank God for his forgiveness tonight and, and get right on down the road and move forward. Anybody here? Amen. Okay. Anybody? Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Amen. Well, let's pray tonight together. And we'll just receive God's love. Let's all pray together. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus, manifesting your love on the earth. I have sinned. You know I've made a lot of mistakes. Tonight, Father, I ask you, forgive all my sin. Lift the burden of sin off of my life. Thank you so much for your love for me. Thank you, Father, for all you've done for me. I receive your love. I receive your grace, your unlimited supply of favor and grace all over my life, in every area of my life, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Before we go, if you're here tonight and you need prayer in any area of your life, if you need a breakthrough in any area, um, I'm not going to have you come forward, but we're just going to pray and agree corporately tonight. And so if you need prayer in any area of your life, could you just slip your hand? Let's do this. Let's all pray for one another like we would normally do coming out of worship. Okay, so let's all stand up tonight. If you need prayer in any area of your life, can you just slip your hand up in the air? If you need a breakthrough, need healing in any area of your life, any situation or circumstance, believers, if you could look around, let's make sure each each person has someone uh, praying with them and in agreement tonight. And over here. Father, you see every hand that's raised and you know every circumstance and situation that's represented by each hand. Father, you are the God of the breakthrough and you are awesome. And uh, we ask you, Father, that you would move in a powerful way on behalf of each person, Lord God, who's uh, lifting their hands. And we just agree tonight in Jesus' name. We agree together, Father God, that you would do a great work in their life. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to each person. So show them, Father, what they're supposed to do to put themselves in a position to allow you to do a great work in their life. And we just ask you for great breakthroughs. We agree on it tonight together in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand tonight. God bless you all. Have a wonderful rest of the week, and we'll see you on Sunday morning. Our